So hello, welcome everybody to the Cool Takes Podcast, the only bad movie podcast. Really, bad movies are good, actually. Every week we manage to see an ironic defense of bad taste. And my name is Jackson McMurray. And that was a world record fastest intro. <laughs> yeah, fastest intro ever. I think it's the one time you've gotten it right in one take also. <laughs> and my name is Kezia Rodez Esquire. And, and today, I'm... Look, I'll just be transparent with you. Uh-huh. Two drinks in... Oh, very wow. angry okay. about the menu. Right. I didn't know it was this kind of podcast. I could have made a I, margarita. I, I, have to, I, like, I, have to, I didn't even know that was the vibe. I've listen. This is my day has just. I've been going from diff like different grad party to grad party, and really, I've only been eating chips and dip. Yeah. So <laughs> what maybe like I'm also a little guacamole loopy. at this yeah. point. Yeah. I'm like, how many different desserts have I had, but not a vegetable? <laughs> like not a single vegetable. There's always that shitty veggie tray that's at every grand yeah. party that no one even looks at. Yeah, it's like, like should tray. I have a should I have a fistful of barbecue lays or a stick of celery? Or yeah. so, a celery, <laughs> carrots, but it's and like broccoli. But the, it's always the shittiest veggies. The carrots are like white for some reason. <laughs> Why are these carrots ashy? Yeah. <laughs> need like, to moisturize these I don't carrots. think this is how God intended the carrots. And some be. fucking raw cauliflower, like I'm a yeah. sociopath. Yeah, literally like, what? The what? Fuck? Like, let's throw these on the barbecue at least. Hello? Throw them on the barbecue. Get some yeah. cheese whiz. Get some cheese whiz. Throw some brown sugar on them. Toast them up real nice. Yeah. 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 Or at some, least some cayenne. Put out a damn salad. Hello? That's exactly, that's exactly what I was about to say. I'll eat a salad at a grad party. Yes. That sounds like a time and a half. Yeah. Okay, I'll Hello. eat cucumber slices. I'll eat edamame. I like veggies. Get these shitty carrots <laughs> out of my face. Like, why are we I, always picking just, like, the worst veggies? I don't the know. The worst veggies. Celery she, tastes like dirt water. It's she, horrible. I, <laughs> I like celery, but it has to be the right way, you know? I'm and glad that we share an opinion on celery because I feel like celery is perhaps one of the worst foods that exists. It like it it Whoa. feels like you're eating it feels like you're eating like a bug spray. Like it like stings <laughs> it your tastes, mouth. It tastes and smells oh, terrible ah, and it's so, like impossible to eat. Yeah, it's like it turns into you like bite it, it turns into that weird stringy mess. It's like, it's, it's like eating somebody. You know what it's like? It's like eating somebody's ponytail. <laughs> oh, that's not right. That's, that certainly can't be so. You're so right, Jackson, and you should say it. Oh thank my you, god. Thank you. No. Have you ever actually bitten a ponytail before? You ever chewed on your my own ponytail before? Thank you yeah, for asking. Yeah, same here. Same no here. Comment. And it does I, I not feel like celery at all. I'll say this right now. I stand by celery. Does it kind of taste like you're spraying like hand sanitizer in your mouth sometimes? Yes, but it's good texture. But, but that's Bad what texture. I like about it. Bad texture. It's not crunky. It is crunky. It's crunky. <laughs> not crunky enough. It doesn't snap. That's the problem. It like splits. You guys are eating the wrong celery. Maybe have I eaten celery grow wrong? Up. Grow up. Get some better celery. <laughs> We'll see this who is, cancels this soon. This is the perfect talk to get into the menu. We're talking about the mouth Speaking of hot cuisine, today we're talking about the menu. 
This, so we're we're trying to get into the swing of recording the podcast regularly again. This was a movie I've been trying to get us to do on the podcast for months. One might say since... It was relevant. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And Whoops. I, I have a, a, a really complicated relationship with this movie. This is, a, this is an episode where I think I'm going to get a little loud because I, this, this movie, I've seen it three times now. And I, it makes me feel like I'm taking crazy pills a little bit. Uh-huh. Where, like, I have absolutely no clue what it's trying to say about anything ever. Yeah. It's kind of my main it, it, thing it with is, it. It's like if the Joker was about less, was just about one thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, you were like, I wait, what are we doing? I see what you're saying, but I don't know why you're saying it. And then you realize that they're not saying what you thought that they were saying. And then you realize they're saying nothing. Or in like, fact, well, actually. they're saying, guess what? Rich people are bad and i'm like bad. That, is that is that all <laughs> well here's what is really my first impressions of this movie because the trailers for this movie were playing at the same time that triangle of sadness trailers were playing specifically on youtube for me yeah but they had those two movies are very very different but they had the exact same trailers. Like, literally, look at these funny rich people. And then, uh-oh, they get their comeuppance. Isn't that silly? <laughs> and Triangle of Sadness is decidedly not about that. <laughs> it's really about old it's, people yeah. growing up for two hours. Well, that's a pretty a, good comeuppance, don't you think? Yeah, it, it, really it, got, it's about, it's it's about like, gender roles and roles of power being switched when you get remo- re- removed from society. Like, a Triangle of Sadness has something to say after people throw up for two hours. But I feel like this movie wants, wants you to believe that it has a lot to say. When I think it has something... I think it has something very small to say that could have been delivered really well, but because they want what they're saying to be, like, a bigger thing, it kind of gets lost, if that makes any sense. I mean, my thing about this movie is I think it has 100 small things to say Mm. that do not go together cohesively at all. No. I feel like every subplot, every character interaction, every, like, minor plot point of the movie is making an entirely different statement about the world and, like, yeah. art in general. And I think many of them are kind of directly in contrast yeah. to each other, frankly. Okay, but isn't the that big... just, like, a tasting menu? Isn't that like, just, it's like, like, that's just what the It's like a flight like, of man. social satire. Yeah. <laughs> here, are, here are 12 different things we could be here, saying. Oh, sure, that's literally exactly, if you wait, will. wait, 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 wait. That's literally exactly how meals like this work, where you're paying... A top dollar for something that's like oh, nine dollars to get to the movie theater. Yeah, you get three bites. It's like oh, this is like oh, something tasty. Like I can wrap my teeth around this. Immediately, no more food left. They bring you another dish that happens twelve times. You're paying seventeen hundred dollars, and uh, it, and you're hungry. You're stopping at In and Out. I don't know why I said In and Out because we live in Washington. <laughs> that's a good. That's you know what, Keisha. That's genuinely a good argument to me. That's for matching function. I I am almost won over by that argument. Like it just I, seems like that's what they were doing. Yeah. So it's it's. So, uh, the thing that keeps me coming back to this movie mm-hmm. 
is that it does rock. It's so fun it to watch. Fun. I think this is one of the most like well-paced, well-directed, like just smoothly like this movie just goes down so smooth. It's I watched this movie with my roommate in the room with me watching with me cuz he's a he's a big horror guy. He likes horror movies. He's a big horror right. man. He likes them. He's so, a horror man. He's a horror man. And it we both walked away from the movie and we were like that was really good, really fun. Like it did a lot of really cool things. It's really fun that it's almost a one room movie. It almost right. is. We do go to some other places. But like we're basically like just in that room. It did stuff we didn't expect it to. It had a ton of fun. The second that the credits started to roll, I was like I, f- I really liked this. I feel like this is the type of movie where I walk away and I know that a lot of people really didn't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, sure. Like, it just has that vibe to it of like, oh, it was kind of weird and kind of winking and kind of strange and kind of just like... I- I- it really was more of just like a character study of the main guy. And when his performance is so fucking good, like, that's a great performance. And then, yeah, just walking away, I was like, I know people don't like this movie, but I had a heck of a time. <laughs> But isn't it also kind of hysterical when she sneaks into his office and she finds the secret picture of him at like a burger joint in Illinois yeah, or whatever it is? Like, and you're like, I love my Ray greasy. Fines? I don't know if I buy this at American all. Ray Fines. American. <laughs> yeah. American. He's American, American blood. American grown. Yeah, he's he's like so almost, almost not bad accent, but still pretty bad. Like So here's one of the biggest things that I that I get hung up on on this movie. Mm-hmm. Did um, we say we're talking about the menu? Did we even say that? <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay. We did say that. <laughs> what movie is this? I was like, I don't remember. I sure hope we did. <laughs> we're talking God, about the menu. The Ray Fiennes 2022 uh, film. They clicked on the podcast. It's okay. not like they didn't read the title of the podcast. I don't, listen, Jackson, that's really assuming that everybody here knows how to read. <laughs> Wow. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Jackson, I guess this is an wow. audio medium. If you yeah. were illiterate, this is where you would probably go. Yeah, for film to hear well, about yeah. How so we are about talking the about the menu. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, I read a book a, a long wow, time ago. Wow! Being illiterate. We stand illiterate, King. I read a book. Uh, <laughs> it, it one of my favorite nonfiction books. It's a book by um, Tom Vanderbilt uh, called "You May Also Like." That is like a deep dive into um, taste as it pertains to many different things. Like not just literally taste in food, but taste in art and culture and and just things in life. What, what are the what are all the different contributing factors um, when it comes to like what people like and don't like and the differences between people um, and. Uh, one of the things, I mean, he goes into a million different things in that book. That book is like incredible. I've read it like three times. Um, but one of the things he really drills down on in one of the chapters is, um, class, uh, which, you know, I think should be sort of an obvious sort of Mm -hmm. taste signifier. Mm -hmm. Um, but what he, what he points out is that, uh, in, in the olden days, um, higher class people, liked sort of higher brow classier culture because it was literally more expensive to access 
in the 19th century, if you were going to go to the opera, it meant that you were wealthy enough to afford tickets to the opera. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a working class person couldn't engage with that culture at all and was therefore, you know, ascribed to having sort of lower class taste. This is true of many things, of live music, of theater, of, you know, in some ways, uh, early film, uh, in, before the digital revolution when it was so much harder to... to uh, to get access to things that weren't like new in theaters right at the moment. Um, but with the age of the internet, so much of art has been so broadly democratized that that's barely true anymore. Um, it's especially true with some things more than others. Um, and I think that if this movie is trying to, uh, 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 make a statement about art and taste as it relates to class. On one level, I think it is smart that it chose food because that mm-hmm. is one of the few art forms that is still sort of gatekept by class. It's hard to engage with like hot cuisine if mm-hmm. you can't afford mm-hmm. it. You can't. Yeah, stuff like wine tasting, stuff like even like yeah. as like the charcuterie board trend went around and we all love to make fun of them. Like that's still a higher class thing. You need the correct hard cheeses and grapes and whatever. Like, yeah. So like, if I'm engaging with this movie extremely literally, that's a good choice. But because you're using this, like so specifically, uh, is strataized, strataized. Is that a word? Stratified. Um, using, using such a, 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 uh, Oh man, I'm stuck dead in my tracks and I can't <laughs> think of the word I'm looking for. Um, using an art form that is so dependent on class uh, as a statement to broadly apply to any other kinds of art kind of immediately falls apart for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not true of, you know, it's easiest to relate it to movies because this is a movie. And, like, if this movie has something to say about, like, high-class, you know, highbrow, snooty, fancy movies, uh, there is practically no link between your taste in film and your economic class anymore. If there is one, it has to do with education and uh, uh, free time to pursue something, but nothing to do with access. Yeah, film bros are not rich people. Even critics are not rich people. Right. Like, when I was talking about the wars that happen between, like, a general audience watching something and then, like, the critic score or something, which is it's another conversation this movie is trying to have, definitely. But again, that you're right. That doesn't regard to pay or race or anything. We could all see the same movie. It's $8 for everybody, you know? Right. Yeah. It's $8 well, for everybody. I, I wonder Go if, ahead, like, this movie... Because it is fun. It felt like it's very, like, I love the way that it's shot and the way that it's broken up by the whatever course they're on. And like, that's the so fun. And yeah. The ways that that is all composed. I think that's really good. But I agree. Like, it just doesn't feel like there's anything behind it. And I wonder if it has anything to do with, like, our main, the main character. Like, I feel like. Because Ray Fiennes isn't the main character. It's um, what what yeah. is what's what's her name, 
blonde Anya, Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy. Joy. There's always like I keep wanting to call like, her Margot Robbie, and it's not. It, it, it doesn't have like the character's the name is Margot. Is it doesn't help. Hollywood is like we're just gonna have a different blonde woman with big eyes every few years, and it's fine. Who well, has a little <laughs> bit of odd features, but is still gorgeous, <laughs> but still very but, conventionally. You know, try try to tell them apart. I dare you. Yeah, but I because she her character from the beginning, you can tell that she's not like any of the other people who are there. And right. I I feel like what they're trying to say is, like, you don't want to try and fit in with these people. It's not worth it. But she is never trying. Like, she's doing it to for money. Like, she's fitting in because she's yeah. a spoiler alert. She's a, a woman of the night. Right. A woman of the she's evening. She's working class, yeah. I think, is the important thing. Yeah. But it's I wonder if, because it's a horror movie, you know, like... I wonder if we're, like, we start rooting for for her, like, we want her to be, like, get whatever she wants, and then we realize, like, oh, she's trying to fit in with this, like, toxic culture the way that, like, that's how capitalism is always going to work. Like, we don't, we don't want to fit in with the capitalists because they're terrible. But I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like Here's, maybe that's the flaw, but maybe there's multiple flaws. One of the things that I think is really important to uh, sort of establish about this movie is that um, it's directed by uh, Mark Mylod, who is sort of the 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 main director on Succession. Um, he directs the majority of Succession episodes. He's not. Uh, I'm sure. I think he's also a writer on Succession, but he's not like the showrunner. But uh, he's the he's the guy on set who's directing the majority of Succession episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is him uh, branching out and working on his first, like, feature film. Um, it's not his own script, um, but it is it is another thing that is deeply frustrating to me about the sort of class allegory in, in the way that I described earlier. Mm-hmm. Because there... If, you know, if the broader thing of this movie is, like, uh, 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 and I hesitate to even be this definitive about anything in this movie, because I feel like it's all malleable, but, like, it feels like, to me, my biggest takeaway was, like, this is, like, a criticism of, like, the modern film industry, right? Like, it is extremely difficult to get a well-made, lovingly crafted hamburger that is extremely Mm -hmm. rare Mm -hmm. so often you get trash or you get the snootiest most highbrow pretentious yeah pretentious stuff right and this movie itself being a a well-made hamburger i think in the broadest terms being like a movie for grown-ups that is fun and exciting and costs a little bit of money that Mm -hmm. is not like a snooty highbrow art film, but is also not like a superhero blockbuster is a kind of movie that's very rare now. Um, But it is also slightly frustrating to me that that's, which, you know, I think fair enough, but I think this movie is genuinely very contemptuous of, you know, the snooty highbrow art in a way that bothers me kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of anti-intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird to, it's so weird for me to imagine it coming from one of the most successful television directors of our time. Yeah. Because 
because uh, that's the opposite of the state of the television industry. Yeah. Like, not only, like, television is one of the most commercial, like, proletariat, like, commercial art mediums that there is, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, the most democratized thing in the world. And besides maybe music. And these are also not problems that are happening in television at all. Succession and Game of Thrones are very much things that are like well-made hamburgers, you know? Yeah. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. The things that you find a lot of success in in like modern mainstream television are the kinds of things that are like the menu. So that throws me off kilter a lot too. Yeah. I wonder, like, it feels like, do you know when this script was written? Because I I feel like I uh, couldn't tell you that that's very much when like we were at the height of um, like reality television. <clears throat> like, I, right. I feel like that's a valid criticism of that. But I think our modern lens, like uh, our 2023 lens, <clears throat> it feels TV a lot is more... very artsy right now. Yes. It is very we are putting a lot of heart and soul and money. Into yeah. It, you know, like there's a, there's so it's such a big variety of like like very much heartfelt like true stories like we're seeing more and more stories like written by women more and more stories written by people of color like that feel very true and don't feel like we're just trying to make money or we're trying to be yeah yeah we're trying to make a spectacle um and it's also like we're not as heavily reliant on reality television anymore um, but I guess like there's, it's still like it, it finds a new life, like every, all the time, like in social media, I feel like a lot of reality TV has pivoted to like those aspects. So maybe that's like part of it, but I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what argument I'm trying to make right now. Cause I, I <laughs> sure. we're just thinking yeah. through it. <laughs> we're, yeah. Like, we're trying to process what is, what is the takeaway from this movie? Yeah. <laughs> am I, am I coming across like so hoity toity or what I, is what I'm saying making sense to you? Well, no, no, what you're it, saying is making sense. I'm trying okay. to make sense and of it's not, anything right now. It's not hoity-toity because this is the space that the movie is trying to play in. They're trying to have a highbrow conversation about the like relationship between art and how it is mm-hmm. consumed and why it is made and if it's made to be consumed. And if it is consumed, does that make it worse? Blah, blah, blah. Like That is the space that the movie is trying to play in. So you playing in the same space <laughs> that the movie is is not hoity-toity. The movie just doesn't do a great job of doing it so you actually explaining it makes you seem hoity-toity. But yeah. they're like, just like, because they're playing in that space. They're trying to do all the things that you're talking about, but they just don't take the time to actually talk it out, like, talk about what they're actually referencing. Because, like, I do love the the most salient point I think that this movie makes is the relationship between the chef and the critic that loves him and loves yeah. his work. Right. And, like, he, she put him on the map, so he has to be, like, grateful to her. But she kind of tears apart everything he does. Like, yeah. she, he, <laughs> she only eats the food so she can judge it. She's shit all over a whole bunch of different artists, and he's not okay with that. Like, stuff like yeah. that. Like, that I totally get. The, like, does, like, judging a piece of art, does that take away from the art? Is that harmful to the co- consumption of art? Because this is a conversation we have every time that the Oscars mm-hmm. is on. It's like, what does it mean to judge art? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Is it, it's so <clears throat> harmful to the artist to be thinking about that judgment while they're making the piece of art, because that's not the point at all of the art in the first place. So, like, yeah. that point of the movie is very salient, and I like it a lot. 
But again, it is point one of like twenty five of ten points. <laughs> right. Did you yeah. guys watch the bear? I did not. No, that is like so high on my list because it's, I saw I... the announcement that Bob Odenkirk yeah, is going hell to have yeah, a starring baby. role in season two, which shot it to the top of my two watch list because I <laughs> okay. got it. Because like if Bob Odenkirk is like yelling at people in a kitchen, I am oh my God. so in on anything you have yeah. for me. It's, it's really good. I highly recommend it. I'm not all the way done with it, but it's like, it's very captivating. And I feel like it's, be, it might just be because it's in the same realm of like, food and like be like being a chef but i feel like mm-hmm. it more successfully explores what i think this movie is trying to do because the the main like plot of the bear is it's this um like very young chef who's been granted like tons of awards and he's like the uh, like the young chef rising and he trained like in these french kitchens um and his brother like dies very suddenly and his brother is like running this greasy spoon sandwich shop in Chicago. And so he takes over the sandwich shop and is like, everyone's like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, you don't belong here. Like, do you think you're better than us? Because you, you like, you're a fancy boy. Like you don't, you don't know what life is actually like. Um, But then he starts implementing like more French structures, like, like traditional ways that kitchens are run and they get pissed. But like, you eventually see this this is actually like it's creating more organization than anything and it also flashes back to like the very toxic ways that like chefs talk to each other in like these like very pristine kitchens um right which i think is a great reflection of like we look at art and we look at things like it, like if you are high up you are looking down on us and you don't belong with us like you're not part of of what we're doing because like we're real people like all the time they're like right. we're real people you're not a real person and and you're like that's invalidating all of the work that he's doing to try and mm-hmm. create like a cohesive form to everything that they're doing um and it's and it's just messy like in at the end of the day like all of those people are super complex. The people in the menu are not complex people. Um, they they because, have their one their because one it's trait. A horror movie, you know? yeah. yeah, it's a horror and, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a horror movie, and they're they're their little dishes and they're their little delicacies. But I think even that in and of itself is like, it speaks to the movie industry where, when we're expecting like these, these like big bombastic things, like we're not allowing space for those characters to be fleshed out. And so then we feel unsatisfied and then we're questioning why we feel unsatisfied. Um, and it's because like we're we, like it looks fancier, it feels better, um, but we're not actually valuing like the, the things that sustain us when it comes to like, like you know, like feeling any mm-hmm. form of art form, like <laughs> ingesting any form of art. Right. Like if you if you are looking for something big and flashy, but there's nothing behind it and the people behind it weren't sustaining it, then it's not going to be fulfilling the way that yeah. you think it's going to be. You, you can tell when someone's heart is in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, <laughs> the point that confuses me about this, I think about it a lot. The boyfriend character is very odd because... Nicholas Holt? 
Yeah, because he knows from the get-go. Here's the thing. Okay, so a bunch of rich people go to a fancy experience restaurant. They get there, and they realize that they're all going to be killed by the end of the night. Blah, blah, blah. That's the basic plot. And then we have a bunch of fun in between, and then our girl gets away. Final girl is final girl. Blah, blah, blah. Final girl, final hamburger. But so she, so they show up. And they're like, haha, their boyfriend and girlfriend. And then you realize that some other girl was supposed to be there. And then way later in the film, you realize that he basically, he hired a woman of the evening to come with him on this trip because he knew that they were all going to die. But also his girlfriend broke up with him. So I thought it was going to be like he has a girlfriend and he didn't bring her because she didn't want her to die. But they were like, no, all they broke up. And also he hired someone to go with them. Anyway, that's right. another thing. He was just selfish enough that he needed somebody else, so he yeah. hired yeah. an escort, even knowing that they would be killed. Exactly. Yeah. But what's he, wait, So he is, like, obsessed with the chef, he's obsessed with the technique, he knows all the things, and, like, to the point where it's, like, anno- annoying to the chef, or it feels like he, like, thinks he's on the same level as the chef. And then they try, and the way that he, his funny comeuppance, where he gets killed at the end is that they bring him into the kitchen to try to cook and he fucks up and the chef is like, you couldn't do it. Go kill yourself. And he goes and kills himself. So it's, <laughs> he says KYS and then he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and what I don't, <laughs> then moving that to film, I don't like it as much. It's just because not a situation. It feels like, yeah, it feels like, oh, you've never made a film. You can't criticize or talk about film. Yeah. You don't know what it's like. And it's like, I, on, like, on some level, I understand that, like, you need to have an understanding of what the film industry is like, how the pressures are, and you can get insights into those things without having, like, made a billion-dollar budget film. Like, it just feels so, like, well, you don't know what it's like, fuckhead, so you can't talk about it. It's like, I, to say that critics, like... I I want to bring up Ratatouille because the Ratatouille (laughs) critic conversation is the only movie that gets it. It's so good. Yeah, no, they. Or it's like the point of a critic, like there is a conversation to be had between the relationships of critics and media. That critics can, uh, critics can destroy things. They can ruin experiences for people. They can like take away awful things from a movie, or even just like how criticism develops it can be harmful and not actually get into the spirit of it the point around it is that the point of a critic is to elevate things that people don't know and it shouldn't be to tear down things like that's ratatouille's yeah. big thing to like not say that being a critic is the same as being an artist but it is your job to like go get your hands dirty get in it elevate people and do something positive in the world and this movie seems to be that you should just never be a critic ever unless you're in the yeah. industry so, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Here's you should just I... never criticize anything because if you can't <laughs> right. do it, you should go kill yourself. It's like, okay, yeah. well, hold on. <laughs> no, okay. The first thing that annoys me so much, this is a particular bugaboo for me, mm-hmm. but I cannot stand the insinuation that art critics are in any way like bourgeois in the like modern evil. era. Like evil. Yeah, they're yeah. not. These are just fucking people these are interns like these are not rich yeah. people yeah and the people way that they portray them they're like it's so bourgeois the the way that the tomato interacts with the <laughs> and they're like remember in Paris when we ate tomatoes <laughs> there it's, right. just, it's very silly and like if you're looking at film critics in the modern era there are no like the quote unquote ivory tower film critic that people yeah. love to imagine we don't is know not them a person by name. that exists yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. like oh there's uh, there's Jacob 
Ford, who's the famous movie critic. It's like, that's not a fucking thing. It's some yeah. guy that works for BuzzFeed. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> well, and, like, yeah, like I don't know. YouTube like, channel. Or it's journalists... a guy with a, with, an, with the film bot. What's that website called? Letterbox. It's a guy with a letterbox. <laughs> oh, like, those right, are the yeah. people. Yeah. And it's like, uh, the I don't know, journalists of all kinds are not wealthy. They have apartments and student yeah. loan debt. Like, yeah. is not a person that exists, first. Second, I am so infuriated by the two main characters of this movie, whose uh, one is ostensibly good and correct, and the other is an uh, evil man uh, with evil ulterior motives. Uh, the evil man is... Uh, Trying not to take this too personally here. Uh, <laughs> a dork who's really passionate about a particular craft yeah. who's been recently dumped and is having a hard time getting people to listen to him talk about the things that he cares about. Uh, <laughs> and, so, and spends a and, lot of money on the things he cares about. Sure. Right. Um, and, and then, like, the correct protagonist it seems to have, like, open contempt for artistry and craft. In this, yeah. in this space, right? And yeah. it all sort of goes under the guise of this, like, sort of class criticism, which interacts with the whole thing I was saying earlier, where it's like, to the audience, it comes across like, this is bougie rich people stuff that nobody should care about, right? Which might be true for food, but if you extend that out to almost anything else, it's just, like, shockingly callous towards the yeah. arts. Yeah, you know? all art ever, yeah. And, like, Look, I... Like even if we're talking about things that have experienced gatekeeping, because that's like a huge problem in theater still. It is still hard to get your hands on some theater unless you can go to New York Broadway mm. and pay for a million dollar ticket. Like that's right. still a very difficult thing. And there's bootlegs and way to get them online, but still, it's still hard to get them out to a wide audience unless they get like a, a release on a streaming service like Netflix or HBO or whatever, like with Hamilton or the Shrek musical or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, but to say because things are are actually in this conversation they're talking about things that aren't actually but if they even even if they were gatekept and meant for rich people only blah 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 to then say that that thing is objectively bad just because of that it's like well here's the thing about broadway and how harmful it is all the people making it are poor like the people yeah. making it still <laughs> are not a part of this imagined bourgeoisie. Even if the right. people consuming it, only if that's like a, a small sector of the people, the people making it still aren't a part of that. And it just feels like... Well, and I guess... Because well, there's <sighs> the whole subplot of like, all of these sh all of these chefs are willing to like, give up their lives for this, for the, the, the master, the genius, who like, sold his soul to become like, very successful and have people like talking about his art and i i don't i don't know if that's like fair to the people who are like the animators that spend 80 hours a week like working on something right. just to make sure <laughs> on that spider verse specifically yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah like the like composers who like aren't getting paid for like songs that are being streamed by giant artists who decided they wanted to do a podcast like it's, I don't, it just seems like this idea that creating something that is trendy is soulless because you don't get it or you don't have access to it is, mm -hmm. is difficult to me because like, 
like there's art in the Louvre that is inaccessible to 85% of Americans who can't afford to travel there. But to say right. like that, it's soulless. It doesn't seem, or it's like, because it's bougie, like that doesn't seem fair to me. You know, like that, I don't think that's it's a very anti-intellectual. Yeah. Which is right. like, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It just, it all falls back to like every, if you have it in a small bite, what they're trying to say in this movie, I think it's a fair criticism. But if you actually start to look into what they're saying, <laughs> it's like, you're you know, not actually saying What anything. are we actually talking about? Yeah. I'm and like, glad that this conversation. People, what are you fighting for? Like, what are you <laughs> yeah. hoping people like I'm telling you, it's the Joker. What are we actually <laughs> talking about? I'm glad that this conversation is going the way that it is because I was worried I was going to come in really hot and you guys were just going to be like, yeah, I don't know. It's good. I'm because like, no. like the first time I watched this movie, like all this stuff was kind of rattling around, but I was like, I was probably just not paying enough attention. Yeah. Like, I bet if I watched it a second time, it would kind of come together and I would see a bigger picture. And then I watched it a second time and it just kind of didn't. And I was like, I felt like I was taking crazy pills. I was like yeah. having this exact conversation, like back and yourself. forth over yeah. and over again with myself in my head. And now that I've watched it a third time, I'm like, still no clarity. Still yeah. have no idea. Well, like, so, as someone who's only watched it once, it feels weird to say, but like just, yeah, like, like you said, it is so wonderfully consumable it is a grand old time to just sit oh, down yeah. and watch the problem with the movie arises when you put any amount of thought into it you're like well wait a minute what <laughs> yeah. are we actually doing if you're just like on the roller coaster and having a good time it's a very fun movie i was talking to my roommate who i watched it with and like it the comedy of the movie was so well done oh, where it's so the, funny it, it's so and it's not like annoyingly winking at the camera funny it felt very it felt so human yeah. and so naturalistic and real when they would make jokes it felt like this very charismatic chef character who's obviously insane and has other things going yeah. on and is kind of a scary <laughs> figure but he is like charismatic in a way that a chef is and he would crack jokes and those jokes would be funny and even when they're like the thing that they're doing is like killing people him like breaking the tension and saying something funny felt real that's a real thing yeah. that a real person would do like i remember when they're doing the thing where they have them run through the woods and they're gonna try to catch them and he's like you have 30 seconds and the guy just like takes off and he goes oh well okay like that felt so real and yeah. so funny <laughs> and it, it worked it felt, so well like it's like so as, intelligently as a, funny yeah. and like as a horror movie it it was fun because it wasn't like it felt like it could fall into a lot of tropes where, like, oh, we've seen this before. Like, uh, rich yeah. people mm -hmm. hunting them down, whatever. And it wasn't that. Like, uh, and, even, yeah. and it subverted a lot of things. Like, when they do that scene where he's like, everyone, you have ten minutes to try and run away. And if you get caught, then you don't know what's going to happen. And, like, you see them. Like, they build the tension up very quickly where, like, they're hunting down all of these men and finding them. And... Then there's like the last guy and he's hiding and it's it's like super suspenseful and then they like tap him on the shoulder and he just crawls out and they give him a Sunday because he yeah they're like so here's funny. some ice cream <laughs> like, like that was a good bit it. that's <laughs> a good funny, bit yeah. I love the bit when they're, like, going around and they're like, why are you killing us? It's like, oh, because you're a bunch of horrible, money-stealing, Tesla-driving, like, fucking fuckheads, whatever. It's like, oh, you you, you were in a movie I didn't like, which is, that's another thing, but anyway. A whole other uh, thing we can talk about A later. whole other fucking thing. <laughs> anyway, 
Like, uh, you, you guys eat here all the time, and that's fucked up, because most people don't get to eat here. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you don't You're a critic, it. fuck you. The, but when he gets to the assistant, and she's like, but why am I here? <laughs> and she's like, where'd you go to college? And she's like, this place? He's like, do you have any student loans? And she's like, no? And he's like, boom, dead. That was hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> that's the best joke in the movie. That's the one it's I keep so hearing funny. about, where he's like, I'm sorry you're dying. It's yeah, so good. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> But, but again, when they're going around and they're just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I was on board until you explained what the fuck you was. <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Stop what we're doing. And so, okay. So John Leguizamo plays this actor. And he's, you know, the idea is he's kind of washed up and he's looking for like a cushy gig. He's pitching a reality show. He's like a guy kind of... show where he like eats right. food. Yeah. He's kind of exploiting, you know, serious cuisine for his, you know, sort of disposable trash television show he's trying to pitch. Um, which seems like something, but then it that seems like a salient is point. not the thing. Yeah. Because uh-huh. when he starts explaining all his motivations, he's like, I have this tragic backstory about how when I was a young chef and my life fucking sucked and my only free time I had in the entire world, I went to go see a movie starring you and it blew chunks so now I'm going to kill you. And you're like, I I kind of can't stand... I This is just like... Maybe this is an online discourse brain thing, but I feel like I see it constantly where people equate making art that is lame to like a moral failing. I hate being like yeah, morally like judgmental care. of people. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that is nonsense i think that is like such toxic nonsense and well, just isn't because that somebody the whole, makes isn't that Go the ahead. whole ed wood thing where it's like he poured his heart and soul into all these movies and they just had no budget and they suck shit but what's fascinating is that he just keeps doing it and he loves it like isn't right. that sure yeah and it's like you know every time some movie comes out that's like a real piece and people don't like it people get so sanctimonious about it they're like, this should not be allowed to happen. And if we like, like, it's like, I, I hate speaking as though making a bad movie is a, is a moral failure on the part of the artist because it is mm-hmm. not. Like, yeah. I, 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 you cannot believe that if you've ever tried to make a movie yourself, you cannot believe that. Film is a very weird art medium. It feels like with every other art medium, except maybe theater, we kind of expect there to be growth and change and development within a piece of art or a piece of music or whatever. Like, it's very much about, like, working on something and getting better on it. I feel like with movies, you have to make good movies all the time forever, consistently, or you're a piece of shit. And it's like, that's, like, we have to be delivering the perfect final product of who you are as a growing artist every single time or else that's a bad movie. Like, I mean, it gets, uh, who, uh, who, God, what's his name? Old Beach. Who directed Old Beach? What's his name? M. Night Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. That's a perfect example where when he makes good movies, we're all like, oh, M. Night Shyamalan, he's amazing. We all love him. And then when he makes a few bad movies, we're like, oh, actually, he's a stupid idiot who should not be allowed to make movies ever. And it's like, okay, well, fuck you. (laughs) He's trying. What you're saying goes back to, like, what you were saying earlier, Jackson, about taste and how, like, originally it was... Like if you are, if you 
if you have expensive taste, it's only because you're exposed to those things. And that means that like mm-hmm. you're right. rich, like whatever. Um, and like it's it was very much a, like a class thing. But now I if you are like the Internet makes it so that we're exposed to everything, like we can see everything. And there's a reason why there's so many subgenres of music. And it's not because mm-hmm. one genre is better than the other genre. It's because lots of people have lots of different tastes and that's awesome. And that's beautiful. And right. that should be mm-hmm. celebrated and that should be reflected in the art that we create. And so well, it's... It, it, it's hard because in some ways I agree with like this, like we go along with pretentious nonsense. And a lot of times we get this hive mentality of like, Oh, this oh, is good. The, this the, is bad. Like the Buzzfeed yeah. of it all. Like, oh, oh yeah. the mm-hmm. Disney movies are bad because they had women and that that didn't actually like save themselves or like whatever. Like oh, whatever we, we it cling is, on yeah. to, you know, like that as like a bite sized takes. Yeah. yeah, yes, these bite sized takes, and like that's yeah. not that's especially like with the new Little Mermaid out. Like people are like, it's such a big improvement from the last movie, and I'm like, is it? It's not because it, it's the same. Like, <laughs> what if you're it's just, just bad? You are, or you are hyper criticizing something that doesn't deserve that hyper criticism because that's right. actually mm-hmm. like you are applying like all of this weird like reflection on an 83 minute film that is in the end is about a, a confident young woman who takes life by her own whatever. Like, it's. I don't know. I've just been thinking about the little movie. But I think it's part of it where, like, we we assume that if you have these pretentious takes, like, you are part of the bourgeoisie or you are part of, like, the problem. Right. Like, But that's not fair to people who are just as exposed to everything. If you have a more particular taste that is more in line with these, like, whatever, quote-unquote, pretentious ideas... That's it's the same as if you'd prefer a hamburger in my brain. Like those are right. both valid tastes to have. And it, so it the problem arises when one person or one group is hi- hyper criticizing the other group for no reason. Like I think we need to be able to create space for whatever art makes people happy and feels like <laughs> right. a reflection mm-hmm. of their lives. <laughs> Well, and it's funny you say that because the conclusion that um, that Tom Vanderbilt comes to in the in the book I talked about and uh, you may also like is that like in the modern era, the real sort of class signifier when you think of like whatever the modern equivalent of like a bougie person is, it's not uh, it's it's not being um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not being hyper selective. It's not being pretentious and looking down your nose at other things. It's having a wide breadth of taste. Like if you think of a snooty music person mm-hmm. in the modern day, it's not they only listen to classical music. It's they listen to everything. They have the free time and the resources, but not to Taylor engage Swift. with and not learn Ed about Sheeran. Yeah. Well, I don't even think that's true. To engage with and learn about thousands of different you know types of music, mm-hmm. they're just as interested in rock as they are in hip-hop as they are in classical music as they are in jazz that they have like Mm -hmm. a breadth of taste that is the more modern class signifier Mm. which is something i think about constantly i think that is so fascinating and this movie has no relationship to that idea whatsoever yeah i think a lot of the times when we talk about like what this podcast is actually about and what it means to kind of defend bad movies we kind of go back to the the conversation of like 
some movies are Skittles and some movies are lobster and you can like both Skittles and lobster at the same time. Right. I, I do what the takeaway of this movie should have been is that there is complexity in lobster and there is complexity in a hamburger. They're just different. And because everyone likes a hamburger doesn't make it any worse or any better than lobster. Mm. And if sure. only rich people can get lobster, doesn't make it any worse than a hamburger. You know, like that should have been the conversation about art. I mean that that like they can be turned into status symbols. They can be used for the wrong reasons. Like it can be a damaging thing. But at the end of the day, it's not the fucking lobster's fault. That kind of thing, where it's like <laughs> all of this weird bougie food has science and art and love and history behind it, yeah, and that is right. important. And people care about it, and so it has value. And the hamburger also has history and love and heart and value behind it. Like that should have been the takeaway of the film. But instead, the takeaway is to just, like, fuck all that shit. We should all only eat hamburgers for the rest of our <laughs> lives. And I don't want to just watch Marvel movies for the rest of my life. I'm sorry. I don't want to. <laughs> like, well, it's just... Okay. The moment in this movie that makes me lose my goddamn mind is mm -hmm. early on when they have, like, the second course. And the idea is that it's, like, oh, as a class the commentary. The bread. The bread. I, wanted, so I was going to ask bread, about how you felt no about the bread. But there's no bread. It's, like, hyper-deconstructed like just the basest ingredients of bread. And this is like one of the things that Anya Taylor-Joy gets so sanctimonious about. Or it's about. like this, the things that would go on top of the bread. Right. Where she's like, you should feed people. This is not appropriate. And it's like, you're insulting your audience. Like, whereas, and it's like, hey, uh, so all of a sudden he's going too far when he's criticizing rich people? What movie do you think you are? Like, yeah, what are you trying to say here? Yeah, shouldn't she think that's cool because she also doesn't like rich people? Yeah. So if your art criticizes people, it's yeah. bad. But also we should, because no criticism is allowed ever of anything. That's what this like, movie's saying. We're not allowed to critique anything. <laughs> so you're not allowed to insult or talk about anything. You're just supposed to consume, but also consuming is bad. You're right. You're so yeah. right, Jackson. <laughs> No, yeah, that it yeah, literally does. She it negates like what they're you're saying. So right. She should like that. And she should like that. She should be like, oh, part. hell yeah, you're being insulted, jackass. Instead, she's like, this art is like mean and has like a point to <laughs> yeah. it. That's gross. Like, what? Yeah. It just, this whole movie feels like it's making an argument that like all art should be pleasant. In a way that I just, like, really yeah. am <laughs> not mm -hmm. thrilled by. Yeah. Well, and that boils down to, like, that we can't have movies about racism or sexism or anything that we think is gross. Because then it because then the devil is going to come through your TV and possess you. Just like that Ted Bundy show. Like, it just feels like <laughs> almost weird censorship, you know? Where it's or like, we, right. it should, all mo movies should just yeah. make you happy. And it's like, no. Movies should make you think. Movies should make you upset. Movies should, like, do any number of things because yeah. it's fucking art. Art well, shouldn't just make you happy. The dialogue beforehand is, like, I'm very well known for my bread. And you all came here knowing that my bread, like, you were going to eat bread. And, like, it's yeah. famous. And, like, that's a, probably a big part of why you wanted to be here today. And that's why I've decided not to give you any bread. It's right. just, like... 
uh, I think it is trying to say all of those things that you guys are saying, but it's also like <laughs> you can't expect anything from an artist, if, if especially their signature thing. And how dare you expect them to do something right. that they're well known for and, and like, enjoy just, it? <laughs> yeah, no, this movie has like I have no idea if this movie thinks that Ray Fine is like smart and correct or evil and bad. Yeah, I have or no both. Idea. Or, yeah, or both. Like, or fluctuating rapidly between. Yeah, yeah like, he's crazy, and, but he's right. He's an evil genius. And then, okay, and so, <laughs> he, all right. He's a little spooky, but he's got the spirit. <laughs> I can change this, him. <laughs> I can change him. <laughs> you can fix him. Um, so, okay, so this movie reminds me, in some ways, a little bit of Babylon. Where Which I still haven't part seen. Of the, I have part of the... the um, the 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 message of the movie is like there are these underpaid overworked exploited people who are creating this beautiful wonderful thing right and mm-hmm. that's not fair that's not and cool yeah that movie that movie has the babylon has the clarity of purpose to make you sort of hold two things in your head at the same time which is mm-hmm. that Hollywood is like an unstoppable machine that chews people up and spits people out and destroys and kills people. But also, movies are wonderful magic that are mm-hmm. important and and beautiful and like something that is precious to culture, you know? Shout out to Hail Caesar, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, Hail Caesar, similarly. Like that, but I mean, B- Babylon is taking all that stuff and pushing it to like 11. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And it's, and it's having elephant shit on people, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And um, and I think that movie is really good about, I mean, like I said, it has the clarity of purpose that you can understand, like, this movie is thinking of both of those things as true at the same time. And it's counterintuitive, but it makes sense in a certain yeah. way, you know? Um, and I feel like this movie wants to have something like that, mm. because at the same time, it's like these chefs have thrown away their entire lives, and they've tortured themselves for decades in order to create this thing and then when they show us that thing it's so meticulous and beautiful and perfect and you're meant to and they're going into so much detail describing the food and it looks so delicious and it's i mean that's part of the fun of the movie is seeing the food and being like that mm-hmm. looks incredible what like, a fun oh, thing. yeah you get to see this hoity-toity food that you as an audience member usually wouldn't have access to you get yeah. to see people eat it and yeah. enjoy it and it's fun but like but i don't know if the movie thinks that the food is good. Like the yeah. text seems to think yeah. it's bad food, but it looks really delicious. And yeah. it's, we've all been, and it's like we've fun all been... and creative, like the s'mores thing and like the, yeah. yeah. No, we've just been brainwashed into thinking it's good. It's bad actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, man. Do I not like this movie? I don't <laughs> like, what a whack movie. I it's so I wack. See, but here's the thing. I'll probably watch it again, and I'll probably have the grand old time watching I it. But as soon as the credits start to roll, I will then be hit by a wave it's of, literally, well, wait a minute, what the angry. fuck? If yeah. you are what you eat, this movie is exactly like this meal. <laughs> where, like, yeah. you're watching it, you go to it to experience it and have a good time. And a then when you leave, you're unsatisfied. Yeah. And the more you think about it, the angrier you are <laughs> a- until you do it again. <laughs> and then you're like, that right. was yeah, uh-huh. And you just get this brought right back in. I'm having yeah. a good time. But oh, my gosh. I've, I've seen it three times now. <laughs> like, like, I think this movie 
kind of rocks. Like everything I've been saying this whole time is true. I still have yeah. it a four out of five on Letterboxd. <laughs> exactly. It's still good. It's, That's it's what's still good. I'm pissed. It's such yeah. a fun, creative, smart, funny yeah, horror it's beautiful. movie that like, holds the, your attention the whole well. way through. Yeah. It's acted well. I, li- I really think that Voldemort is giving an amazing performance. He carries this movie. I think that the girl who's not Margot Robbie is Anya doing a wonderful Taylor- job. Anya Taylor-Joy. Don't look similar, but is- whatever. Is- Anya Taylor-Joy is doing a really good performance. She's acting her butt off. She's a really fun final girl. She does an awesome job. It's playing around with horror tropes. Like, yeah. some of the ways that they kill people is really creative. The, like, cutting and the pacing and the editing and the way that they, like, sh- like the way that they, like, uh, shoot the food with the with the cameras. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah. It's another <laughs> film from 2022 for that? where people lose a finger, which is a good... They mm. It happened a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Happened a in Banshees of Inishirin, a happy... It <laughs> happened did. in, um... Uh, the oh 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 what's bones and all i mm, saw this movie she did buy the girl's finger off in that exactly i saw them in the same gross weekend. as hell it's so good it's pretty nice <laughs> i thought it was gonna be worse than it was but it was still pretty gross there's um there's like a turn of phrase in that movie that i think about all the time it's nothing you're being shown at all it's just the dad talking to his daughter who's a cannibal and mm-hmm. He's like, how did I know something was different about you? Well, when you were five years old or whatever, uh, you attacked your babysitter and we found her and she was and she was like her face had been yeah, all chewed up and she was munched. bloody and they took her to the hospital. And we didn't know what happened until later that day when I saw you were chewing something and I pulled a woman's earlobe out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's so fucked up and gross. Like, that is so Why yeah. wouldn't you so do something wild. immediately? <laughs> <laughs> It's a, why would you odd why film. would you wait until they were coming of age and eating each other or no, whatever to well, be like, "Oh, this makes sense." <laughs> no, well, they, it, we, as a as not to get too far into bones and all, but right. <laughs> it's like he like ru- like they run away a lot, like he and his daughter. They're like whenever yeah. something bad happens, they like leave immediately and then when she turns 18, he's like, "Hello, I um hate you." Low key, not responsible and, for you. Anymore. And I, mm. so you, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, damn. Which is, and he's and like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty excited to not be responsible for you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, she was always a cam- cannibal. You're yeah, it's like they're like cannibal. vampires. They have this like yeah. supernatural urge. To they're like eat human insatiably flesh. Okay. need to eat humans. Well, I feel like I can't blame him a lot then. Yeah, if but she is a cannibal just, like, <laughs> and she yeah. keeps yeah. eating people, and then they have to move. Uh, listen, yeah. maybe a shitty dad. <laughs> understandable i get it i don't want to be in charge of you anymore (laughs) you're trying to be funny but that is a very clear description of of the events of the first 20 minutes yeah good (laughs) um the the movie beat me to it okay so uh, what i just want to point out quickly the score for the menu which i think is genuinely one of the best scores of the last few years i think it's just absolutely gorgeous i like to make playlists of uh uh movie scores for different just like, to completely years. fuck up your spotify wrapped yeah <laughs> yeah well actually i switched over to apple music lately and oh. you know well, I think they, it's they kind do of that a myth. too well i think it's kind of a myth that spotify has a better algorithm because i think apple's algorithm is a lot better at actually playing things that i like than well, spotify is. anyway um 
No, tell us how you really feel. My Spotify wrapped is also mostly movie scores, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was thinking of just the personalized playlist. I wasn't thinking of the wrapped. My bad, my bad. Um, But yeah, no, it's one of those ones where it's like, usually I try to pick like two or three of my favorite like tracks from a score to put in a playlist. But with the menu, I'm just like, I just got to put the whole dang thing in here. It rocks. Like every (laughs) song is so good. good. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like. How, do we feel like we're wrapping up? I don't know. I, I feel there like we covered one. most of the bases. I'm going to be, it's going to be, you're going to think this is crazy, but I don't feel satisfied. I have I have one more loose celery thread that I want to pull on real quick. The whole Good thing. Good callback to our celery conversation. Good call, it's, all, it's all connected. But the... Uh, the whole thing with the the whole thing with the them running and trying to escape. So it's only the men, and the fifth course or whatever course that one right, is. Yeah. Is he's like, yo, what's up? I'm the chef guy. I've been sexually harassing my coworker here. Uh, I'm gonna let her stab me in the stab dick. Stab me in the dick. Uh, and then we're gonna <laughs> yeah. make all the men run, and then we're gonna catch them, and all the women get to just talk for a little bit. Uh, and then they do that, and then we move on to the next thing. And I have no yeah. fucking clue what they were trying to say. I don't even so, know. I, are we like, talking about, like, sexism in the industry? And if so, what are we saying about sexism in the industry? It, it feels, throws, like, I, such a wrench into his character. I feel like it yeah. doesn't make sense for him to behave that way Because the whole time he's all. very likable. He's very charismatic. We see everything that he's done. He's like, I have given up my entire life for this. He feels very sexless there's a lot of times where he's like alone with the final girl a lot and there is no tension of like any any yeah you're not like happening for her yeah yeah he feels very much like a crate like a man who has lost his humanity like that included and then they're like by the way he didn't like rape her or anything he just like has literally been sexually harassing her where he's been trying to ask her out and when she said no ignoring him but also their relationship seems Good and fine, as in the few <laughs> right, moments yeah. that they have together. And also, she just stabs him in the dick and then we move on. And also, the punishment, quote-unquote, that the men get is not really a punishment. They just kind of run around and then we bring them back to the room again. Like, I don't get it. And then the <laughs> women just talk. And that's kind of when the wife of the guy realizes that her husband knows the main character because she's a lady of the evening. And, like, that's something, I guess... And another fucked up thing about the movie in regards to their whole weird gender thing that they're not doing well is that we talk about the wife of the guy who hired the protagonist as a lady of the evening. She seems completely blameless and very nice, and I don't know why we're murdering her other than for having a rich husband, which doesn't seem fair, because at no point is she mad at the protagonist and she even tells the protagonist when she gets free to like hey don't worry about it just go which seemed very cool of her why is she here all that happened to her was that her husband cheated on her and then they killed her like what are we doing (laughs) well and it's just one of these things where it's like it feels like they're actively trying to instill empathy in some of these victims, right? I mean, maybe yeah. they're going for some kind of moral ambiguity here. Like, maybe the chef is taking it too far. Maybe yeah. there are some good rich people who don't deserve to be burned alive. <laughs> maybe there are some like, good rich I people. I guess, I don't know. That just doesn't feel like a helpful thing to be putting in this movie right now. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. And, 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 
they were like, oh, we should throw in some gender politics. And then they just, like, threw what in some board? gender politics and didn't think about it. I have, literally, I have no clue what they're trying to say. Are they trying, is that the point that, like, sexism exists in industries where women get taken advantage of? And it, we just don't notice. Period. Is that the point? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah. Are they saying that it's bad that that Send happens? Message. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we here at the menu think that it's bad when <laughs> women get sexually harassed. We're anti-sexual like, okay, harassment. We are anti-sexual harassment. Like, thank uh-huh. you, the menu. Thank you yeah, for Yeah, they literally that. pause. Like, they pause the movie, you know, but they're still filming. And Ray finds us like... Yes, we here. Hey, at the it's menu. me, Ray Fives. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Troy McClure. You McClure. might recognize me you from the menu. Yeah. <laughs> Guilt by sound charmed, I'm sure. Uh, you know what rocks though is the bit where uh, they think they've called the Coast Guard, and that the, bit rolls. And the like yeah. cop comes in, and he like instructs them not to tip him off. And then there's this whole scene where they're trying to tip off this cop that they're being held hostage without the chef actually noticing Knowing, and they do yeah. it and then it turns out that the cop was just paid off and he's part of the whole thing too and you're like oh no it's oh, like it's so, so good. dense yeah. it's so, so fun good. well yeah it's really my, good how to put how to put a bow around this conversation <laughs> i think it rocks. it's just, so good it's good I don't, yeah, I don't it's, it is get good it. <laughs> it's good Okay, I think my takeaway from this conversation, because I, I, when I saw this movie, I saw it and I thought, that was pretty good. Not my favorite, but still pretty good. It was good, um, yeah. And, th- and then after this conversation, I feel like I'm more frustrated than I have been before. <laughs> than I am, yeah. But I, I, well, I, was... I still find this to be a valid piece of media and a fun piece of media that explores the medium well. And I want to, I want to honor that, you know, like what? The medium well. Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. I'm good. I think, I think that this movie is a lobster that wants you to think it's a hamburger. And I think we should Mm. set it on fire as we should with all art that we don't like. As we should with all lobsters. As we all should with all lobsters. Am I right, everyone? Yes. Sexual harassment is bad. Good night. We all here at the (laughs) Cool Takes Podcast. (laughs) We here at the Cool Takes Podcast think that sexual sexual harassment harassment is is bad. bad. Is bad. Not into it. And you can cancel us if you want to. But that's well, I don't want anybody to call us a hero for saying this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was when I went into this podcast, I was like, I'm bringing a very hot energy here, and like, there are three <laughs> things that could happen. Uh, uh, like, I could come in hot, and then you guys could come in hot and meet me, which is I think what happened, and I think this has been a very good episode of the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Um, I was terrified you guys were gonna be like. Oh yeah, I guess I don't know. And I was gonna be like, "Don't you understand that this is crazy?" <laughs> and the third thing, and we're just like, "Yeah." <laughs> and the third thing that could have happened was that it just made sense to you guys, and you would have been like, "Oh well, yeah," but I Here, think it let was me commenting on this. Explain it to you. Yeah, and I would, yeah, yeah. And I would have to be like, 
oh, okay then. <laughs> that was, oh, damn. Yeah, and there, yeah, was, like, there was a bittersweet fear, because on the one hand, it was like, well, if somebody could explain this movie to me and it all made sense, I guess that would be a good that thing. Would, I, I think it would I would like it more, yeah. <laughs> right, but it's like, I don't know if God. it would be a good podcast energy. I wish I could yeah. just pull up a YouTube video that was like the menu explained, and they would just sit me down and in a calm voice tell me what the fuck was going on. But alas, that YouTube video does not exist. Is that I think we've done a very good job at de- like deciphering all of these different bits, and I think we are accurate in saying they are not cohesive. There is not an yeah, right. there is no scheme. cohesion. It's just a lot of ideas. It's idea salad, and you know what? This idea the salad emulsion no is broken. <laughs> the emulsion, mm, the emulsion is, broken. is broken, and you need to stop um, yourself and hey, and- for it. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know what? I've been thinking about this, and I think it's only fair that we do kill ourselves. Well, yeah, yeah you duh. know, you got a point. Well, at least yeah. ourselves yeah. in the I mean, like, we've had a lot of fun yeah. here today, but I think it is, like, it's just the right thing to do for us to kill I ourselves. Mean, like, because oh. we've, nev- we've never made a movie. We didn't make the menu, so we really shouldn't be talking about it. You're right. And a, I, I mean, a... I am in an ivory tower right now. I didn't want to bring it up, but this I am. I moved audio. into an ivory tower last week. I really did. I've got some roommates, but the tower is still made of ivory, you know? So, this yeah, is an no, audio-only format. But you can't, so you can't see us um, literally covering ourselves in marshmallow fluff and chocolate sauce. We're about to uh, <laughs> yeah. explode, blow up the building. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Spoilers. Um, that's do how you guys want to hear a... <laughs> Spoilers for the menu yeah. at the end of the podcast. Uh, do you guys want to hear a uh, one-star review of the menu? I would. Yeah, I do. Oh, maybe they'll explain it to us. Play, play us out, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, this person on Letterboxd says... I hate this movie with a passion. The food looks like trash. Not to mention, I hate everyone in this film. Where is the (laughs) chef? Because the meals he shows are disgusting. Watch this on an empty stomach, and I still haven't eaten. This movie has some of the worst food I have ever seen. Movie is trash, I'm hungry, and my life sucks. (laughs) Whoa, okay. I feel like... I feel like they would like this movie. I feel like they need a <laughs> The point is that the food is bad. Somebody get them a little freaking bowl of macaroni or something. They get, them a, they get them a cheeseburger. You gotta, your blood sugar is low, girl. <laughs> Eat your food and maybe you'll calm down. Get some celery in that jaw. Have, have some lunch, you'll feel better. We didn't yeah. comment on how good the cheeseburger looks. That's the thing everybody talks looks about. Very really good. Dang good. Cheeseburger looks good as hell. I don't eat cheeseburgers, but it does look good. True. <laughs> I only eat lobster. Uh, yeah, so and anyway, that's why we're blowing you up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. And this has been the Cool Takes Podcast. Thank you. And good night. The final episode, because we're going to go. Kaboom! Kaboom!